When I first visited Princeton Theological Seminary, I experienced many unknowns. I had never lived outside of Texas at this point, and things in New Jersey are different. I took a train from the hotel to the school, which was a new experience in itself, and I was there for a prospective student weekend. When I arrived at the school, I remember being surprised at how beautiful everything was. I thought that New Jersey was not pretty, but I guess it is the Garden State for a reason. I participated in the programs that were planned for that night, and I was not impressed with the cafeteria. But I did discover Wawa. Does anyone know what Wawa is? Yes, it's like 7-Eleven, but better. <laughs> but then I got a migraine. It was terrible. I was miserable. And I was down for the count. I remember trying to create as much darkness as possible in the little room they have for prospective students to stay in. I remember calling my mom and telling her, I hate it here and I want to go home. I'm getting a flight tomorrow. Her response was, see how you feel in the morning. I was pretty sure I was going to Austin Presbyterian Theological Seminary anyway, so I didn't really need to stay. The next morning, I woke up and was feeling much better. It helps when you don't have a terrible headache. I decided to stay for breakfast, since it is my favorite meal, and they had quite the spread. We attended a lecture of some sort, and then we went to chapel. At Princeton, they have chapel every day of the week. I sat in those pews, and it is hard for me to describe the feeling I was infused with in that space. I don't remember who was preaching. I don't remember what the sermon or message was about. All I remember is feeling like I was home. Home in a sacred way. Home in a way that I knew this was where I needed to be. Home in a way I knew this place would not only provide for my educational needs, but for my spiritual needs as well. I did not realize then how important it would be for me to be in a place that I felt safe. I had no idea what kind of home I had found. In our verses, Jesus has not quite gotten to calling himself the good shepherd. That happens in verse 11. But for us, he's the gate. He uses a parable about sheep in their sheepfold and a shepherd who comes to bring them out. Jesus shares that he will enter in by the gate and will be let in by the gatekeeper because he will be known. The shepherd is recognized by his voice and by calling the sheep by name. The sheep follow the shepherd because he is a familiar voice. They know him. This is contrasted with the response the sheep would have to a stranger. The sheep would run away and not follow the stranger whose voice they do not know. Jesus then realizes that everyone around him isn't getting it, so he, just tries, he decides to speak more clearly. He does this by explicitly saying, 
I am. Ego eimi in the Greek. When Jesus says he is the gate, this is just one of a beautiful list of self-revelation statements that occur in the Gospel of John. These statements are all well known. I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. I am the gate for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the true vine. Jesus says he is many things in order to get the disciples and Jewish leaders to understand who he is. For us in the passage, we are sheep. Have you ever tried to Google shepherding? It was a very interesting experience. The majority of the results that came up have to do with the Bible. And all I wanted was a little history on what being a shepherd was really like, and maybe a little bit about what shepherds do today. Maybe Google just knows me, which is creepy, and knows that I'm religious, but all the responses were about the Bible, shepherds in the Bible, tending sheep, being part of the flock. And I, I could not find very much, but what I did find is there are plenty of people in the world who still do this, who still tend sheep. They're mostly in Australia and New Zealand. And one of the other things I found out is that it is usually a youth, a young person who is a shepherd. They are usually either the youngest sibling who will not get the inheritance, or they are someone who is a neighbor that needs to make some money, but they are often very young. This job in the Bible is one that we see the youngest of families taking on. We know that David was a shepherd. We know that Joseph was a shepherd. We read several places in the Bible that God is our shepherd. Jesus is our shepherd. What big shoes to fill for young shepherds. But if I have learned anything about young people, it is that they give the important things their all. We recently did a service project where we worked a rest stop for the Red Poppy Ride. We served drinks, sandwiches, snacks, filled water bottles, and encouraged the riders. Before any riders came, the youth were sitting in the chairs that were not for them, they were for the bike riders. And they were passing the time by singing karaoke. But as soon as the riders came, they began to shout words of encouragement. They bounced into action. They made conversation with the riders. They helped them feel good about the rest of their ride. They made posters. And it was beautiful. Like a shepherd, they showed their strength and their leadership. They thrived in serving and felt comfortable enough to let their gifts shine. This is what happens when you are loved and cared for, when you are home, which is how I feel a lot of these youth feel when they are at youth events. In our safe spaces, our homes, 
Jesus is the gate. Jesus preaches, whoever enters by me will be saved and will come in and go out and find pasture. Find pasture. What does that mean? For me, at Princeton Theological Seminary, my pasture was found. I missed the comfort of my home and my family, but I found a surrogate family. I found mentors and new people that truly cared for me. When I struggled with depression and anxiety, I relied on my peers, my professors, to build me up and keep me going. In many ways, we were each other's pasture. It would not have been possible for me to find home so far away if I hadn't had all those amazing people around me. It is significant in Christian ministry to use the term pastor for ordained ministers. Ministers serve as shepherds, obedient to God. They are not self-appointed, nor are they engaged primarily by the flock. They are called by God. However, one of the most important jobs for a minister is pastoral care. We are God's stewards, protecting and providing for those who are entrusted to our care. Pastoral care, like a pasture, is the place where care and safety occurs. It is where the heart of ministry seeks and heals. So what can we do to show others this gift, that the gifts that have been provided to us by the Good Shepherd? Well, I think the Acts community, the, one of the very first communities of Christians, tells us exactly what we should do. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. They had lots of fellowship and breaking of bread. They went to each other's houses, and they spent time with each other. There were wonders and signs that were being done, and all who believed were together. That's where we're meant to be, together. It happened in community. They found pasture among one another. They opened the gate that led them to food, water, safety, family, and life. Jesus came that they might have life and have it abundantly. Thinking of pasture sometimes makes me think of a lonely shepherd in the field with some sheep or maybe being alone in a peaceful place like Colorado in the mountains or Mo Ranch is one of my favorites. But this is not what it looks like for the sheep in the Bible. They're always together. They're always being watched over. They're always going astray and being found. One of my favorite memories of working in community was with the youth group that I led at Central Presbyterian Church in Austin. We worked concessions during South by Southwest, and our church was a venue for concerts. So we sold concessions to raise money for our mission trips. And it was something I had never done before. I didn't have any experience in working big festivals, but I got used to it. We would stand near the door, and people would wait for hours in line before shows would happen, and especially Billie Eilish. That was the longest line. And we had many different artists come to our church. And I remember just listening to the people standing in line, and I heard so many times, boy, I never thought I'd step foot in a church again. 
And I remember a lot of the artists, too. While they were performing, they would say a curse word or take the Lord's name in vain, and they would, they would stop. <laughs> Can I do that here? They were never shamed for these moments or given a hard time, and they continued to come back year after year. People were repeat visitors and stepped foot in a church more than they ever thought they would. Our fellowship with one another is led, is guided by the example that we have in Jesus. Jesus is the gate. Jesus knows us by name and encourages us to be in community with one another. You never know when you just might make someone feel like they are home and help them find pasture. Amen.